This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 7th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. When we debate our rights and expectations of privacy, we generally don't have a shared understanding. And into that void comes the creepy factor, where reason is replaced by repugnance at the idea of being tracked by both the private sector and the public sector. Jim Harper, Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. What is missing from our debate about privacy? Well, the privacy debate is dominated by, I suppose you'd call it the creepy factor. That is, people getting creeped out about technology, but not actually taking time or care to examine what they worry about. So we have over and over again bills introduced in Congress, state legislatures and worldwide trying to address the creepy factor without actually getting to what the problem is or getting to what the solution is. The New York Times here talks about the many ways in which we are tracked. Easy passes clock the routes we drive. Metro passes register the subway stations we enter. ATMs record where and when we get cash, not to mention the credit and debit card transactions that map our trajectories in comprehensive detail, the stores, restaurants, and gas stations we frequent, the hotels and health clubs we patronize. It's worth emphasizing that the the sources of data collection listed in that article are a mix of private technologies and public technologies, easy pass. If you want to use a roadway, at least any with any convenience, you have to have an easy pass nowadays and there are lots of lots of these things. And that's an important flaw in the article was that it failed to recognize the fact that there's a difference between public data collection, government agents tracking people using high technologies and violating actual property rights and the things that we adopt we we adopt ourselves voluntarily willingly if not fully knowingly of how they work so the the article actually collapses the Jones decision from a year ago in which the Supreme Court decided that it was a fourth amendment violation for law enforcement agents to attach a GPS device to a car uh, the article collapses that with our use of mobile apps that might advertise to a specific things on a specific day. You're, you're near a coat store and it's raining and you might get an ad that says, this is, would be a good time to buy a coat or an umbrella. Well, step on in the, the place you're, you're near right now. Um, the one is violates a clear property right, uh, attachment of a device to a car, uh, is it, which is a thing in which we have ownership, uh, with – consensual, if confusing, data practices in the modern era, which we are, like it or not, adopting voluntarily. And the disconnect is even uh, broader when you consider a few weeks ago we had an issue relating to Instagram potentially changing its terms of service and allowing Instagram to then use photos you've taken and and sell them or make use of them in ways you might not approve of. And this was a couple of weeks before – the Senate debated whether or not to allow the federal government to continue harvesting millions, hundreds of millions, billions of emails and communications that Americans engage in and store it in databases indefinitely. If only we knew, and that's a point Ron Wyden made on the floor of the Senate about the FISA debate, is that the U.S. Congress, the Senate, can't even get an estimate of the number of Americans who've had their communications collected by the National Security Agency. An amendment he sought in that debate seeking to get more information was turned down by the Senate, which apparently is owned entirely now by the by the national security bureaucracy. But yes, it does compare well to the Instagram case where people were upset because Instagram was essentially changing the terms that it had offered the public about how it was going to use the, the photographs and uploads that, that people put on that site. What happened in the Instagram case? Well, there was enough of an uproar 
that Instagram back down, and that's the unique uh, the unique difference. The government doesn't have to back down uh, unless we all go and elect an entirely new Senate, apparently. Uh, and Instagram did. That's that's market processes, ugly as they may be. And there are plenty of advocates who don't think that market processes are good enough, but they're better than what you saw with FISA. That's for sure. Senator Al Franken is one of the uh, advocates for uh, essentially requiring private organizations that collect this type of data to uh, to in the form of a location privacy protection bill. It would require entities like app developers to ex- obtain explicit one-time consent from users before recording locations of their mobile devices. And well, to his credit, of course, he opposed the uh, reauthorization of the uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act uh, authorization as it was uh, passed toward the end of 2012. But what he's talking about here is what? It's the creepy factor. It's true, of course, that the new innovations in location data collection and use are unknown. They're, they're unusual to, for most of us. We don't understand how they work. Uh, it's, it's hard to avoid location data collection, or at least you give up conveniences when you do. And the creepy factor is at a high. This is a, a subject, the, the creepy factor, that Larry Downs uses in a Cato policy analysis we're releasing called a rational response to the privacy crisis. And he looks at how people use the creepy factor rather than any serious analysis to make their assessments. And the, so regulators and bureaucrats regularly sort of flog the, the creepiness of things without actually getting down to the, the nitty-gritty of what's going on. And there's actually a sort of formula he lays out where he says over time the creepy factor abates. And there have there been plenty of things that came along in the past where people were – there was sort of a spike in concern. Uh, people got used to it. They got to recognize the benefits and there are many uh, with location dating, many benefits which we're already enjoying. And the, 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 the debate calmed down and that's what we can probably expect to see in the location data arena. Uh, there are real privacy concerns. But we'll discover what the real problems are with careful analysis and we'll discover the benefits and the benefits are quite real. Downs goes on to examine a legal framework for thinking about how all this stuff works rather than just do we react against creepy things or not. His construct is to consider this as a form of licensing. When people use apps, when they voluntarily uh, sign on to services, they're sharing information and essentially licensing it for the use of that service. The reason why that's important is because a lot of people have tried to use sort of property to to give people control of their privacy again, and it hasn't really worked. The licensing model is looser, and it lays the groundwork for an iterative, contract-based discussion about how data should be used in society, and it avoids the top-down regulatory model that we see in Senator Franken and so much out of Congress and state legislatures. Jim Harper is Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.